three, two, one. Hey guys, you're welcome back to the Pyramid Creative Podcast. I am your host, Chris Yobin Jr. And on this episode, we'll be discussing the business of design. And I have here with me, Victoria Ross. Uh, Victoria is a creative designer. Um, she's on the market for user design and a marketing researcher. And uh, welcome to the show, Victoria. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. So um, uh, um, we're talking about the business of design today, the good, the bad and the ugly. And uh, first of all, I would like you to, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can actually, you know, have a grasp of uh, who we are discussing with today. Yeah. So I am like a recent college grad in California and I currently now work and I'm doing like user interface design and user research and then also some front-end development in a company that used to do a lot of rapid design to the point that they wouldn't do any user research and a lot of their interfaces were just like boxes. So I'm trying to help them with like doing the work but also showing them why it matters and why user research is so important. And then on the side, I'm also like doing my own freelance things. So, and it's kind of like, like multimedia. So everything from documentaries and short videos for like real estate agents with motion graphics to like UI, UX, stuff like that. Right, right. That's so amazing. Uh, that's a plethora of creativity you have. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's very great. Um, so we're discussing the business of design, right? Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's been a growing concern of the fact that, you know, there is a gap between creativity and, you know, uh, business, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, the fact that left brainers are so far away from right brainers and um, graphic designers and creative people are in the quagmire, you know, trying to find themselves, you know, battling with the business um, techniques, you know, when uh-huh. it comes to handling clients and all that. Um, how has it been for you combining both? I guess like with my current job, although they like want to see the difference, I think I have had to do the most explaining probably in my current position, um, mm-hmm. explaining like why... Um, like thought into a design is important. Um, I recently like created a little handbook for them with tons of just like classic UX diagrams, you know, like uh, user journeys and priority matrix and stuff like that to try to describe like why, um, you know, where you place things and how the flow of things are and your information architecture, like why that's important. But I'd say like with freelancing, normally people already understand like if they're coming to me like they already want that like creativeness implemented into their business um so i don't really have to do a lot of explaining there Mm -hmm. um i'd say like with freelancing though sometimes it's really hard to read your clients you know and figure out what it is that they want like some people are really easy you know um but other times you really have to be intuitive of like what that person's style is because sometimes it's not like modern design and they are like kind of like a themed personality Mm. so i'd say with um like explaining the importance of that is more like with bigger corporations for me and then just like getting the intricacies of 
a style is more like for freelancing if that makes sense yeah. does that answer the question yeah. yeah yeah that's that's great uh thank you so much for throwing light in that respect um you see um in freelancing when you're actually dealing with you know uh you know clients from different races different backgrounds and all that you know some clients who are in suits like who are business or marketing people right would mm. focus on you know the figures how much it costs how much this design costs how much the animation cost you know um yeah. and sometimes designers with no marketing or business background find it a bit difficult to actually sell even though they have a great idea a brilliant you know great creative idea they find mm. it difficult to actually convince the clients because they do not actually have uh you know um, an in-depth knowledge about you know business and marketing and how to sell uh, a pitch and how to actually you know um communicate value to you know customers have you met any clients like that that you had you know you didn't have it easy dealing with um yeah well as far as um having a good idea and then having yeah. to like fight for it kind of you know yeah i definitely mm. would say that's like that's what i am doing with my full-time job you know and i think it's a really good opportunity though to like explain and use it as like a teaching point you know because a lot of times in like big corporations i feel that like i know my personal boss has like a ton on his plate and he's managing way more than just like a couple like software engineers you know he's having to deal with um like a lot and so he has to be someone who specializes in a lot like a little about a lot and so i don't feel like bad like making a handbook for him or like having a meeting where i as i'm pitching my idea i'm also explaining why it's important and like why i might need an extra week you know because it's really important to if we're going to do this that we solve the problem that's really underlying and mm. we're not just uh creating something because the owner of the business said to create it you know um but yeah i'd say that as designers sometimes it is kind of hard to um convey the importance of what we're doing but i also feel like that's like half the job of a designer you know is being able to pitch your ideas and be able to like convey your vision to someone yeah. else yeah like i feel like you have to really hone in that skill of describing what it is you're thinking even if that means like doing a quick sketch um and i'm definitely still working on that i sometimes mm. do struggle with uh not demeaning my ideas and yeah. i feel like it you have to be prepared maybe down the line you know i'll just be able to pitch something without even thinking about it but right now i definitely still do have to like prepare when i'm thinking about how i'm going to pitch my design process and everything right right uh, you mentioned about um demeaning your ideas it's it's something that is you know very prevalent cuz uh, most sometimes designers think is this idea going to be good are they going to like it you know are they going to buy into it um it brings me to the question of imposter syndrome okay yeah right and then how do you deal with it anytime it happens um so i used to deal with that a lot more in the past like probably about a year ago and i think it took time and it took a lot of like self reflection and just talking things out 
And I used to go on like my Instagram stories, you know, and just like talk it out because yeah, it just takes like self-development to start to be confident. And I think also doing the work helps, you know, after you do a certain amount of work, you're like, I know I can do this, (laughs) you know, and you stop doubting yourself. Um, But I would say with that, I think it's just important to kind of get over it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Like, if you are a designer, then you are. And if you think you aren't, then you aren't. You know, like, it's all about confidence and, like, being passionate and believing in something. Because, like I said, you know, like, pitching is, like, half of the half of the product, you know? It's just like any other art piece. So, just like a paintings, uh, like, the story behind it makes the whole entire painting like 10 times better you know after you know what it was like i don't know if you know the painting christina's world yeah Yeah. well like that one i remember looking at it and just being like okay you know that's cool they use like a cool median for that to paint yeah like it's just a girl like sitting in a field looking off in the distance and then you realize after like looking into it that it was actually a painting of a real girl who uh, like couldn't walk and she was handicapped. So Mm. she was sitting in the field and like looking off in the distance and like just appreciating it more, you know? And you kind of like get that sense of longing. And so I feel like after knowing the story, you appreciate the photo so much more. And I think design is definitely like that. So I feel like with imposter syndrome, if you are able to really like have passion and put thought into your design, you start to like really believe in your product and that like totally cancels out any like imposter syndrome you might have. Right, right. That's amazing that you mentioned it because a lot of, you know, designers are battling out with uh, imposter syndrome, you know. And uh, um, let's delve a little bit more into your life you know, into your experience and your (laughs) challenges, yeah? Um, What got you into design? You know, what got you into this career that you're in? What inspired you to actually take this career decision? Um, Well, I feel like I was always just doing it as I was growing up. And then I started going into a major at my university that had a lot of multimedia, like, incorporated. So we were doing like graphic design classes and like building websites with just HTML and like CSS and Java, but still like doing that and taking videography, photography, like all the Adobe suite like classes. And I think while I was going through all that and even doing internships where they were like, you need to run our marketing. And I was like a marketing chair. And then any (laughs) job I went to, they were always like, you're going to do our social media. And honestly, I kind of resented doing it a tiny bit. You know, I'm like, I always get like pinned as doing this. But after I graduated, I actually went abroad to New Zealand because I thought it was a good opportunity, you know, after college to do that. And also, I didn't really know yet what I wanted to do. And it's really important to me that if I'm going to be involved in something like a company or a project, that like I be 100% there. So I really don't like doing things unless it's like wholehearted, you know? So I didn't really feel comfortable getting a job yet or really even applying to jobs that I wasn't like fully excited for. So I went to New Zealand and there is actually where I started doing like job searches and stuff. Because when I was in college, I was really um, like saturated with work. 
and I didn't have any time either really to do like job searches or anything. I would literally be like, I was like a, a manager where I worked, so I'd be working and then I would have put in my headphones, put in like audiobooks as I'm working and then you know, as I walk to class, be listening to the audiobook, get to class, like do a test, do a presentation, and then immediately go back to work because it was an on campus job too. So I would literally just like constantly be working and then like spend time with my boyfriend or my friends afterwards to have like that balance. But I really didn't have any time. So once I was in New Zealand and I had all the time in the world, I started doing the job search and I literally was just going through Google and looking at descriptions of jobs and I read one about it was either UI or UX I can't remember but I was like oh okay yeah like I already do that and I really like that company that they were listing it for I really like their values I started looking into that and I was like okay I actually could definitely see myself like professionally doing UI or UX so that's when I started like building my portfolio to be a little bit better than it was and taking on more projects and getting over that imposter syndrome even though i had literally been doing this for years and had worked in the field before i still had to get over that and that's pretty much it yeah ever since a year ago i really like intentionally like started hitting it hard rather than kind of passively doing it because it always was pinned on me or it was like a class project i started really like diving into it a lot in the past year right 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 um that's really exciting to know <laughs> you're an original <laughs> yeah yeah because because unlike me right i uh, graduated with a major in accounting oh okay yeah so how my uh, how did i become a designer so uh -huh. first year in uh in, in university right um i was doing a little bit of politics and huh. then I got elected to be the public relations executive for my nice. department, yeah? Uh -huh. And then the, one of my duties was to, you know, write uh, newsletters, was to write uh, mediums, was to write uh, memos, you know, was to do publicity mm -hmm. and all that. So mm -hmm. I felt like design and the media, multimedia was part of my, you know, duty. But it yeah. had nothing to do with my course because I was doing accounting, auditing, taxation. <laughs> yeah. It had nothing to do with it. So I was like, okay, I had to push myself to the direction where I had to combine both. You know, I mm -hmm. had to learn design. I went online. I did some online courses. I went to YouTube. I watched a lot of videos. I watched a lot of Chris Doe. I listened to a lot of audiobooks, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, so I just did, discovered myself that I had passion and love for creativity, you know. Yeah. And coming from a background where accounting is just figures and borrowing and all that, you know, combining both gives me, you know, an easiness to be able to do both because I'm not I'm not being battered by the fact that accounting is boring, yeah. you know, and I am not I'm just you know right in the middle. So even if I'm doing like an accounting study and I'm a little bit tired, I can just switch to graphic design, mm -hmm. Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign. Mm -hmm. Do some few designs and then doing that will release tension. Yeah. And then I would go back to, you know, <laughs> yeah. bal balancing the equation, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that was what helped me. So I started right from the get-go, level 100. And then before I finished, I had my own design agency, online design agency. Oh, wow. Because, okay. because I felt like, you know, business is trying to create something out of nothing, you know. So I actually, um, you know, um, 
added my business background and then created an agency on campus that I actually was teaching my friends how to do design because design at the time was was a big thing you know mm-hmm. and there were just a handful of us who could do design it was a business school so uh-huh. everybody was just business math math mm-hmm. math so if you could do design then you you had an added advantage you know uh-huh. so i was yeah. very popular on campus because i was designing all the campus posters flyers and everything elections you know i was i was i was good <laughs> yeah i had all the yeah so i just decided to nice. make it a business turn it into a business and then yes i was able to do that and then yeah so i have a couple of clients that i work with in Ghana here and then yeah so right after school i just decided to do design fully you know Whoa. and then branding fully so now what i do is i help um, startups you know build their brands mm-hmm. i help them i teach them about design and i teach them about business you know uh-huh. so talking about the business of design today with you is something that i'm very passionate about you know yeah i'm very passionate about so yeah that's how come i got into uh, the space <laughs> how do you feel about like the business of design like do you feel like it's really hard pitching like the importance of design to be incorporated uh not not quite i feel that the advantage i had was to come from a business background you know mm-hmm. so i know what the marketing manager is talking about i know what the accounting lead is talking about i know what yeah. the pr manager is talking about so if i'm pitching a business i'm pitching a, a design i'm thinking from the perspective of the marketer yeah how would the marketing manager see this particular design if i if i pitch it you know mm-hmm. so that's the top process that goes into my design and then it works because they literally think that way you know they're yeah. all about how are people going to like this how are people going to appeal to it how are we going to sell more products with this, this design and that is the background that i come from so i incorporate that into my creative process and then it works for me because yeah sometimes it's difficult for designers to think like how the owners of the business you know is thinking yeah. as a designer you have to focus on what the ceo is thinking overnight mm. for his business Mm-hmm. you know what the marketing manager is thinking overnight for his business you know mm-hmm. once you're able to think like that if you're thinking in return on investment for this design cause they are going to invest in you you know in your mm-hmm. in your in your creative so if you think of how you're going to give them return on investment and build their equity and build their market advantage you know and give them a competitive advantage over their competitors then that is you know um a good investment for the company Yeah. So as a designer, if you begin to think like that, I think it gives you an edge over other designers. Yeah. You do not think in that direction. Yes. <laughs> What do you normally lean on when you're pitching to like the founder of a startup or their marketing mm. chair? What do you normally try to identify as the benefits of what you're presenting? Is it like this would have yeah, high ROI or it would like um I don't know. Like what would you like pitch as the factors of why they would want to go ahead with it? So for example, um I was dealing with a, a startup bank, okay? Uh-huh. And then uh, one of the one of the questions they were asking me was the fact that how are they going to, you know, appeal to the millennials, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, youth, you know, between the demographics of uh, 19 to 35. Uh-huh. you know because uh, their competitors are have capitalized on those um, areas right so coming mm-hmm. in fresh into the market they wanted to know how they could you know um 
steal their you know their competitive competition from the other companies so i was like um you see now in the age of social media okay uh that age bracket everybody wants to do things faster you know i want to be mm. able to transfer money from my phone to a friend you know through my phone i want to be able to you know kind of uh have accessibility you know i don't have to go to the bank before i can make a transaction mm-hmm. you know, from the comfort of my home i can you know sit there transfer money to someone elsewhere in another country and all that so coming up as a new bank one of the things that they should focus on is mobility you know okay. Uh-huh. All, all the uh, services should be highly mobile you know yeah uh they should they should pitch out you know um they should use in their marketing they should use you know people that fit the demographics mm-hmm. you know they should do things they should do things that you know the young people are doing these days using snapchat you know tiktok you know so um once i begin to talk like that they understand that yeah i'm coming from a point where all they want is competitive advantage and they want uh-huh. sales yeah you know they don't want me they don't want to hear me talk about typography and color schemes <laughs> and color palettes and yeah you want to hear that you know all they want is this is the return on investment we are going to get from this particular campaign or yeah. from this particular design or from this particular strategy you know so mm. once we begin to talk like that they think of okay wow this is going to help us okay uh, then let's do it then yeah they go ahead and do it but what it has actually done it has, is it has given me a step ahead of them mm-hmm. you know so i know what they want and i know how to give it to them yeah so once you're able to do that i think pitching won't be a problem you know uh-huh. if you go into the boardroom and you're talking about typography and color schemes and all that the mm-hmm. ceo or the marketing manager won't pay attention to you <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to them what yeah. they want to know is how can this you know design sell yeah. the product Yeah. You know, so if you're able to talk in that sense, then yeah, if you're pitching, you know, in terms of color, you can say that okay, so these people that we are going to sell to have a cultural issue with red as a color. Mm-hmm. You know, so nowhere in the design should we put anything like red. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. because cultural back- backgrounds actually influences uh, purchasing purchasing powers, you know. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to understand the background and the culture of the people you are selling to your target audience, you know, um as a designer you should understand that some of the things that will not appeal to your target will mm-hmm. appeal to your business mm-hmm. that you are you are you are selling you are, you are pitching to, you know. And once you are not able to identify that, you're not going to get the gig because they're not going to see you from that because if you go and you, are, you start talking about typography and you know uh, egyptian papyrus and gotham mm. and fonts and fonts yeah. and all that they won't they won't listen to you you know so as business people we need to bridge the gap between creativity and business yeah we need to we need to learn the dynamics of business as part of our creative process yeah i feel yeah. that mm. it's funny because i feel like i always lead with research instead yeah. of like marketing unless it's like it, i guess it kind of depends on you know what facet of multimedia i'm approaching but i'd say right. definitely with like user interfaces i always lead with the research behind it um because i feel like that's gotten the attention of my employers the most is when i because although you could say like oh if we do it this way or if we like include this information it'll be more helpful but i feel like i usually try to come in and say 
I did like some like A-B testing with like five different prototypes. And we found that this test was 25% like quicker, which means that the people on our plant are going to be able to access information quicker, respond mm -hmm. quicker, and also not waste like, like time doing their job looking for information. And so I feel like normally I always lead with like the data. And I don't know if that's because... I don't know if it's because I like don't have like the confidence in determining what the problem is without doing research, but I just like to have that backup, you know, of like we like we did the tests, we did the work, and like we know for a fact that this is at least in this round of testing, like the best route to go. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go. You know, um, leading with data also helps because these people are business people. You know, the marketers are business people, and they want figures, they want data. So yeah. if you lead with data, yeah. you're actually speaking their language. You know? Yeah, and then it helps them understand the <laughs> yeah. creative point of view that you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. So it's and a step in the right, and I totally agree. Yeah, and I think it's honestly like shocking to them sometimes how much a design can impact their business goals you know like it being more speedy or it being more user-friendly and bringing like numbers into your design i think usually i always get some kind of shock reaction on how much just like a simple prototype redesign helped i think that normally my clients or bosses are usually pretty surprised by how much like a good design can impact their business goals and right. when you're able to like bring numbers into it and say oh yeah this was like 25% faster usually they're pretty shocked that just like by a redesign and a prototype you're able to affect your like business so much yes yeah, so um last week i did a pitch for a company right and uh it, i had to decide between using a video shooting mm -hmm. a video commercial and then using print you know doing okay. outdoor billboards and stuff mm -hmm. and they asked me to advise them on how to go about it what to choose either video or print uh video was mm -hmm. quite a, a little bit expensive than print obviously mm -hmm. but i told them that you know uh 60 of all products sold online okay was because someone saw a video of the product yeah someone saw a video of the shirt and said Ooh, it looks good on that guy i want one someone saw <laughs> yeah. a video a, a video of their headset a video of the headset and said yeah. "Ooh, you know it looks good it sounds good so i want one you mm -hmm. know somebody somebody saw a video of a commercial and was interested you know mm -hmm. um you know on social media you, you just crawl over something and not know you know if it's a picture but the moment yeah. it's a video you you like to, you're compelled to look at it and see whether it yeah. makes sense or not right so yeah. i was telling them that video marketing is the way to go mm -hmm. especially so if you like if it's on product. instagram or facebook exactly. i feel like for the algorithm even it helps a lot yeah to have a video yeah at least i see my videos get like a lot more um engagement yeah yeah that's it so yeah um bridging the gap right so uh, mm -hmm. let me ask you this personal question um how do you deal with creative blocks? 
I know every designer has creative blocks. There's a point where uh, you're tired, you want to think about Charlie, it's not working and all that. How do you deal with creative blocks? Honestly, I if I get to the point where I don't if, and usually honestly honestly this happens with more front end development, <laughs> I usually get like some sort of block and I need to step away, but yeah, if I'm getting creative block, I usually just step away from whatever it is and try to do something that like allows for my like headspace to just be open again so like whether that's going on a run I really like going on runs or could literally just be going for like a walk I think that really helps or yoga or something like that where you're really not supposed to be thinking about anything at that point and usually the like idea or answer just will come to you and so yeah normally I would just take a step back and also I really like surrounding myself with like creative things and if I'm having like trouble with like one like medium, you know, like like hard copy designs. I'll take a step back and then maybe like if I want to do something creative but not necessarily that thing I was working on, I'll like start doing something else, you know, whether that is yeah, like videography or photography or graphic design, something like that. Um just to be able to have like a flow of creative thought that isn't blocked um and then come back to that idea and like I don't know like a day and then hopefully with like a fresh mind you're able to make some more progress. Right, right. That's yeah. that's interesting to note. And um, um I would like to ask you this question, okay? Um you are in San Francisco, right? I'm actually right in between San Francisco and LA. So, I'm in right. San Luis Obispo, but I go to San Francisco quite a lot cuz I have like my best friend lives there and I used to live in Napa Valley. And right. I they just have like so many great conferences and sometimes I'll go to like a user it's called um it's called something Kai but it's like this UX group in I think it's in Palo Alto and I really like going to that and any kind of like summits and then in Pasadena and LA area they also have some cool like club meetings for the industry that I like to go to Right, right. So, um would you tell us something about Victoria Ross Designs? Yeah, so with that, that's the like freelance business I started about a year ago after I graduated and decided this is something that I want to intentionally pursue. And with it, I try to use a lot of like vibrant colors because I want it to be like a lighthearted brand and something that is able to like invite a like happy spirit in a lot of our audience members and i do multimedia like marketing so whether that's videography i really like doing like testimonial work for a lot of professionals and things that kind of like soul pancake if you know soul pancake yeah like that kind of vibe where we're all about inflicting like positivity and seeing like the optimistic side of things and trying to incorporate that in design like i said with more like modern design and vibrant colors. Right, right. That sounds good. Um so uh listeners if you're in San Francisco in between LA and San Francisco just uh, go on Instagram and check out Victoria Ross Designs and uh yeah, just you know call her and then get in touch with her and then if you need any design service, yeah, she's going to hook you up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh yeah, so um 
as a new designer you know as new designers listening to us as fresh designers listening budding designers listening to us what advice would you give to somebody who wants to pursue the career of design i would say try like i mean coming from me this is kind of hard to say <laughs> i was gonna say like try to be specific about which direction you want to go and i like try to well i honestly like doing a lot mm. of different kinds of media but i would say probably the smartest thing to do would be to choose a specific direction and like do it over and over and over again and try to specialize in a certain corner of the industry whether that is user research or ui or videography or marketing pr something like that you know and then try to do as much work as you can even if that means going around town and putting up flyers saying free like you know multimedia <laughs> marketing or free like user interface design for startups and so you can get more work under your belt and if you have like friends or friends of friends that want to start a business tell them you know like i can do like a prototype for you or i can make flyers for you and always be building your portfolio online and i got really caught up in having like i wanted to code my own portfolio from like scratch and i would say that's not totally necessary in retrospect i think using like webflow or just like a template is probably fine but i'd say always be uploading to your portfolio because you never know when like a job is around the corner and you want to be like ready because a portfolio takes a good portfolio can take months mine took me like four months before i was satisfied <laughs> with it so always be added to the adding to that just to be ready and do tons of work to get under your belt to help with um you know that sense of um imposter syndrome and be confident right. and try to like talk it out you know like don't keep it all in you like your feelings of like insecurity or feelings that you know your designs aren't getting traction i would say just talk it out like with your friends or if you need to get a counselor or instagram stories and don't try to like rush yourself too much and it takes time and as long as you don't give up like eventually you're going to break through and you're going to wake up and you're like doing the thing you love every day and you'll be like wow i can't believe i actually got here but it makes you like a really hard and tough journey like makes you appreciate it 10 times more so if you're like in the depths of it and you're not getting any traction or you're just having a hard time picking up the skill in general i would say try to like embrace a hard journey because it's going to make everything worth it like tenfold in the long term right right Wow, guys, it's going to make uh, everything like tenfold in the long term. So keep working <laughs> yeah. at it. Um, keep pushing, uh, keep dreaming, and keep living your dreams, guys. Uh, this is the Pyramid Creative Podcast, and I'm joined by Victoria Ross, uh, creative designer and supernatural. <laughs> so fun to talk to you, so fun to be with. And uh, yeah, um, Victoria, it's been, it's been great talking to you. I really yeah, appreciate uh, you, know, you uh, talking to me today. So guys, uh, it's been great having you guys uh, stay with us till the end of the show. Uh, this is the Pyramid Creative Podcast where we talk about, you know, everything creative and uh, we give you the tools and tips for building your influence. And uh, thank you so much, Victor.
Yeah, thank you.